Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome, everyone, to Project Management Office Hours, broadcasting to you live from Phoenix Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona. I'm your host, Joe Puzz, PMO Joe, and for the next hour, we'll be talking project management with our special guest today. Thank you to Max Six for hosting the studio. We appreciate that. And also, of course, thank you to our sponsors, Talaya, who we have in studio with us today and will be on the show. But Talaya is a European-based company that specializes in project management software. And we won't dig into them too deep because, of course, we don't want to spoil that conversation. And also our sponsor is the PMO Squad, where project management with a purpose is our mission and providing to our community as well within our industry of project management. Before we get in with our guest today, I just wanted to acknowledge the PMI Phoenix Chapter dinner meeting last evening, and their featured speaker, Stephen Fulmer, was on. And it was really a great discussion he had exploring how our brain works. And that may not seem like an interesting topic, but boy, it really was. It was fascinating to think how we, our brains are wired to have specific triggers to actually turns on our thinking. And when those triggers go away, it turns off that thinking. And each of us have different wiring. So our triggers are all independent. So think, uh, you know, I've got four kids at home. I've mentioned my oldest is in high school. And when he's studying, he likes to listen to music. And we always say, Josh, turn the music off. How in the world are you going to be able to concentrate on what you're trying to study? And the reality is his trigger is probably an audio trigger. And when he hears a audio uh, white noise type background, it actually triggers his brain and makes him study better. So this, this speech last night by Stephen Fulmer really was engaging and thought provoking. And as project managers, it really is something that we probably should dig a little deeper in because we have team members. And each of our team members have different triggers and different reactions, uh, much like we do personality tests of how to work with them. There may be opportunities where we can put them in better uh, environments to be successful. Maybe they need a quiet room. Maybe they need noise stimulation. Something to think about. So thank you to PMI Phoenix uh, for the chapter meeting last evening. And thank you to Stephen Fulmer for the thought-provoking discussion. want to remind everybody that we are also monitoring Twitter. So if you have a question for our guest today, please tweet using hashtag PMO Joe, and we'll get to you live on air to prove this is actually a live show and not recorded. Although, of course, the podcast is available for uh, listening afterwards as well. So our guest today, uh, first we have Fabrice Alibert from Talaya, and we also have Tom Stokes from Workday. So thank you and welcome Fabrice and Tom. Thank Good you. to be here. So let's get into some project management uh, topics. And, and of course, your backgrounds are, are with project management. So Fabrice, if you'd like to share for our listeners a little bit about you and Talaya and uh, what you have to offer. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Joe, for having me uh, on the show today. As you said, um, I'm uh, um, driving the um, business division of Talaya Open PPM, uh, which is a PPM software and that we uh, started uh, in Spain back in 2010. And this is when I really started to work with project management. Before that, I was in the hardware business. And then um, we had an opportunity to create that software with, with our company back in Spain. And this is when I started to actually uh, 
uh, work with uh, with uh, PPM project. So that was, and it's still quite an experience because it's been a lot of things going on since we first uh, released the first version of the tool. And since then, we've been releasing uh, a, a lot of new things and we keep on developing the and the software. So um, the PPM uh, world is, is changing constantly. And I think um, everyday people are more aware about the fact that you need to manage in a project manner everything into a company. So um, it's not, um, we, we have, we've seen a lot of IT department that were the one that first started to work with project management because they used to work with software and they were used to work with project. But more and more we see any other departments trying to structuring everything into the company into a project. And we see a lot of people as well getting the PMP certification. I mean, in Spain, it's been a real boom about uh, seven, eight years ago. There, there's been crisis as well over there and people were trying to recycling themselves. And there's been a real number of people gaining the PMP certification, getting qualified in better managed projects. And it's been very valuable. And a lot of company now are looking for those people uh, to work for them. And obviously the software is an extra piece that they're looking to get in order to be able to manage properly uh, all their projects. Well, thank you, obviously, for flying over from Spain. And we'll talk a little bit more about some additional reasons why you're in town. But although the company is from Spain, you're of French background. And so I guess we should be congratulating you for the World Cup championship. Thanks very much. Yes, (laughs) it's been a very good week so far. It's, it's, I'm a sports nut, so it's always horrible when the U.S. doesn't win something, let alone when we don't even qualify for something. That makes it even <laughs> really worse. So congratulations. And Tom Stokes, uh, please introduce yourself and let everybody know a little bit more about you. I, st- I started my, uh, my career as an electrical engineer back in the 80s, working for a company that became Raytheon, doing espionage systems back when that was popular. And in those days, I was doing hardware and low-level software, We're, um, um, writing programs in assembly language. From there, I went into testing, and not so much to the actual testing of the products, but trying to understand exactly what testing was. I was working for Philips Electronics at the time. It was a fairly large organization. And I was working in a central technology group that was interested in philosophies and why are we doing these things and what exactly is the contribution of a tester to the greater organization. Um, we developed processes and, and standards by which testing was done. And from there, it was a, a fairly short leap into project management for me back in 2005, still with Philips Electronics. And since then, I've taken that same philosophical approach into project management And I've bounced around from company to company since 2006. I find it pretty hard to find a stable place to finish my career. But what I'm I'm contributing to those companies is just an awareness of what is it that project management contributes. And I try to take a a kind of a hands-on approach where not only am I responsible for the status and the overall standing of the team, but I also try to make myself useful in the low-level tasks that the other team members don't want to do. Updating trouble tickets, uh, filling out matrices, things like that. And that not only keeps me aware of what the organization's doing, but I think it also helps my reputation among the team members that I don't mind getting my hands dirty. 
Well, thanks for, for coming on. And you, you mentioned back when espionage was popular, I guess with current events, espionage slash cybersecurity is, is back in vogue, or at yeah. least back in discussion. And, and there are obviously across the globe cybersecurity companies popping up left and right. So I think it's it's back in popularity. Just, yeah, that's it's not Austin true. Powers, the spy no. anymore. In those days, we were flying SR-71s and U-2s and yeah. things like that. Well, thanks again for both of you for coming on. Obviously, one of the with uh, Talia being here, we want to talk about software and project management. And to me, obviously, um, regardless of which solution you go with, uh, as Fabrice had mentioned, at his open and during his open, it's important to use technology to help us advance. So, Fabrice, from your perspective, again coming from hardware and infrastructure world into software, and certainly Tom as well, how does project management software make your job easier? And in some instances, does it make it harder ever? How do teams use it? What's your input on how really the, the best way to use project management software? Um, well, I think you have to find the right balance. All right. Um, I mean, there's a lot of companies that do not use any software at all. All right. And sometimes they want to jump too quick into too complex or too difficult software. And I'm always telling them it's good to be ambitious, but um, sometimes you need to take gradually, slowly, step by step. All right, and and that's a common mistake that we are finding with uh, with our customers sometimes that they want to do too much at a time, and they don't realize that. All right, you're gonna use the software which is good, but you don't need to use all of it in the first place. You need to do gradually, according to your company maturity, to your processes, to the people you have, the education, the training, etc. So, the software for me um, is. Um, one of the piece that you should have when it comes to project management, all right? You need to have people educated, you need to have processes, and the software comes right there in order to support all this, all right? And um, this is what we try to do a little bit with, with Talaya because we saw a lot of companies that were not having a lot of maturity and they wanted to jump too quick into too complex tools, all right? This is the um, what we saw back in 2010. And our first idea was, Try to build a software that makes that first step not too high, all right? Something you can start very easily. And when I'm saying um, very easily, I'm, I'm talking to the customer and telling them, no, your project manager maybe need to be only like 15 to 20 minutes into the tool a week to start with. And that's more than enough because they're going to just capture just um, very a little amount of information, but the... Um, very executive and very important information. And don't get too much into the details, especially with the software. And it's good enough. And then you'll grow from there, right? You take the time and then you'll add more things that you are managing, right? And yeah, this is a common mistake that I, that I see. And this is where with Talaya, we are giving this first step in that to make it very easily, right? The setup of the tool is very quick. It's not complex. You don't need to have people all PMP certified, knowing everything in order to use the tool, right? The learning curve is very low, right? So we actually doing deployment project in like four to six weeks. And after the second week, you can already start managing your project and doing your input so you can report to your management with, you know, the right figures, the right information for your management. So they see exactly what is going on, how many projects you have and what is going on on those projects with a very high level and executive information. All right. So it's like a first step into the governance, right? Moving from operations into governance. And this is what we try to achieve with, with Talaya. So you can have an easy first step 
And then obviously the tool offer more. And then as you are growing, then you can use more and more features, more and more things. But you don't need to make a great step and a big jump. It's an age-old uh, debate whether which comes first, the tool or the process. Do you find your process and then find the tool that will meet that process? Or do you go ahead and, and, and find the tool and then shape your process around it? it it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, the ideal situation is that the process come first. And when I'm coming to a customer, usually I'm asking them, how, you, how do you do things? So I can adapt the tool to your processes, right? It can fit to him. But in, in some occasions, the tool comes first. And then we need to figure out a little bit, you know, what kind of process you need to use. So the ideal is definitely having the process first. Yeah, That's my opinion. It's, it's been my experience that as much as you try to do that, you will find always that the tool constrains your process. And you can dream of doing these wonderful things, but the, it would just be too complex to make that tool do it. And in my approach, a lot of times what I'll do is, is drop out of the tool for that and just use Excel. Because Excel is, is, is like your, your totally transparent tool, right? Nobody has to stop and think about how Excel works. But it can be very manual to do things with Excel. So there's a trade-off there. But if there's something that you're struggling with the tool to do that you really need to do, I think it's also appropriate to drop out of the tool for that one feature do it in a more manual way, and then bring the results back into your PPM tool. Definitely agree. I think um, on our end as well, not everything needs to be and can be done in, in into the tool. One of the first strong decisions we made when we first uh, created Talaya was that it was not going to base on a workflow platform. All right, because... When we looked up into the market at that time, most of the uh, of the tools we saw, they were based on workflows, and it took ages to build those workflows. and And, and there was lots of workflows, and most of the people they didn't even know what workflow they were using because it was never defined in the first place. So starting from there was very complicated. So the first thing we said is took out of the equation the workflow, right? So. And we simply based the tool on the PM box standard because we saw as well that there was no tool based on standards, right? So, and one of the, the things we said with, with Talai is uh, use Talai and do the right things, right? Not only do the thing right, but do the right thing. So what we said is that even though you don't have processes, by using the tool and um, project management cycle and doing the right things, at least you are taking the right way and you're going into the right decision, all right? So uh, this is one of the yeah one of the first thing we we said. Forget about the workflows. Try to make it simple, and and you shouldn't be the slave of the tool, right? The tool should be helping you managing the project, and not the other way around. Yeah, no, Tom. You're uh, in addition to being at Workday, right? Uh, you organize the Chandler PMI breakfast yes. meeting the last Friday of every month over at Chompy's at 7 a.m. Yeah. And we've had some conversations over there after that wraps up and we're kind of just hanging around talking about stuff and how you've used, you've come out of a tool and you've put things into Excel to help other people within the organization just understand something that maybe wasn't as... Lots and lots of ...visible, times. right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm with both of you guys on this one, right? I, I think tool, project management tool is important to an organization for project management, just like an accounting tool is. Yeah. But that tool doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all, right? 
and working projects, the right project at the right time with the right process and the right people all come into play. And you can't do all that in one tool. It's just, it's, a, it's impossible. Right. The other thing that amazes me, and, and I've heard this so many times, is now that we have the tool, it will tell us this, mm. like portfolio management tools. We'll get this tool, and then it'll show us what the right priority of our products or products and projects and all that is. And you always have to tell the people, no, the tool will organize the information. It will create graphs. It will give you the visuals and the and and sometimes the notes that you need to make the decision. But the tool's not going to tell you anything. You have to put all the information in the tool. The tool will organize it and give it back to you. But having the tool will only probably highlight the flat fact that you don't have that information, that you don't know exactly how you're making these decisions. It's not going to make them for you. I'm sure you have those conversations as well during your deployments. All the time, all the time. I mean, most of our customers, and they, they are like in that situation. It's true that when you're saying which should be first as well, tool or processes and things like this. Right now, I think a lot of companies, sometimes they just go for the tool because it's so easy to get access to software. Uh, and then and, and you, can, you can try any software very easily. You don't, you know, it's, it's, it's very simple. And sometimes it's true that they go a little bit too quick into, into the software and, and they don't really know what they need. They don't really know what they want uh, the software about. And I usually tell the guys, because I, I, as I said, I see people that they are, they don't know exactly what they are getting into and they want to be very ambitious, which is good, right? But the first thing that I tell them is that less is more, right? So try to manage less things and you'll achieve much more, right? Just just yesterday, I was talking to a customer and he's, he's putting up this huge uh, Microsoft project, you know, many, many lines. And and they are trying to get into a lot of details, you know, and I'm like, you know, ev- every single day there's what they need to be done, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and it's a huge amount of things to manage and, and people are getting drawn into all the details and they lose the perspective, right? What we're trying to do as well with Talai is try to lift up people from all those details and 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 have the tool tell them what is important right just manage these couple of things what's the percentage sometimes we, we're getting in customer and say what you need to know is how many project do you have currently running how many project do you have into the pipe the project that you're currently running how are they doing what's the percentage of completion what's the status report all right are you going to have a delay what of the major activities are going to have a delay or, or are going to be problematic or something like that is just by starting like this and ask your project manager just to spend like 15, 20, 30 minutes into the tool a week, right? It's good enough to start. Yep. And at least you get, you know, the big picture, which is as a manager or a, a director, this is what you want to have. You don't want people tell you a lot of stories about the project, you know, get right to the points. And if I need more details, because I see that there is a problem onto this project, then We'll sit down together and we'll get into the detail. Yeah. You know? One of the things I love about project management is in the definition of the word project, right? It, it's a unique endeavor, right? So as we're describing the different needs of a tool and the different processes and the different steps and the complexities, when we're sending a man to the moon, the very detailed steps are important. But perhaps if we're doing a business process implementation, we may not need to manage down to four-hour tasks or eight-hour tasks, right? Maybe a 40-hour task that we're going to track is is important. And having a tool that's flexible to be able to do that, whether it's Talai or others or Excel, if it's outside, I think is really the important part. 
And what we always try to do as we work with customers is understand what the company needs, right? Oftentimes, right, the average lifespan of a PMO is about three years because they swap out directors and then they look, what's the first thing the new director does when they come in? Let's look at people. The opposite of what the old director did when he was there. And what's number two? Let's look at our tools. And they want to look at a tool replacement as a way to change to their identity. And uh, oftentimes that creates even a bigger problem. But at the core of all of that is the person who uses the tool, right? The project manager. And I think there's, um, having done the show now for 11 different episodes, which has been awesome, I've talked with so many people about this. But what we find is there's really some common personality traits that really help distinguish the good project managers out there. So I don't know, Tom, what do you think are some thoughts on that as, as to what really defines a good project manager? What do they need to have? It's, a, it's, a, it's the concept of talent versus skill. Project management, the skill set required is, is actually pretty simple. And the tools, in fact, will lead you through it. And other recipes like PMI will lead you through the skill set that you need. But the basic talents or the, the, the DNA that a human needs, I, I think they're pretty easily identifiable, especially if you can get a look inside the person's um, private life. But what you need is a, is a pretty keen sense of time, I think. And we all know those people that they just they tend to lose where they are in the time of day. They're not ready on time or sometimes they're, they're ready too quickly. They're not, they're, they're not conscious, always looking for how do I shave a little bit of time off of this task or that task. And, oh, look, I've got three minutes left over. I've got this thing that I can do, pulling things off the backlog, if you will, to make the most out of their day. You need a person that's got that kind of sense. But then you also need a person, and I learned this from uh, Raul Insinius, who you, you may yeah, know. Yeah. The real success of a project manager, I think, is partly did the project in on schedule and, and on scope, but also are you going to get asked to do the next project? Were you easy enough to get along with? Were you useful to the team? Were you basically an asset or a liability in the opinion of the team as a whole? And I think that's the other thing that you have to look for in a project manager someone that's antagonistic enough that they can push people to get things, you know, to keep them focused, but not so antagonistic that they, that they annoy them and make them want to not work with that person. Yeah. Draw some parallels to that. Um, kind of in the sports world, right? They'll talk about the coach who's a player's coach and he can motivate that team to be able to be successful, maybe not with the best talent, but he has a way to get those players to perform potentially above what their capabilities are. And that's, I think, what a and good I actually, project manager does as I well. I actually think it's basically those two things. It, um, is, a, is a sense of efficiency and also the ability to get along. And if there's a third one, it's political. It's the ability to look across the organization and decide what's important versus what's noise. And I heard you say something that I hear a lot of people say is what's best for the company. And that's not usually for the project manager to decide. He needs to identify those key stakeholders, and it's, sometimes it's one stakeholder. And he needs to satisfy that person, even if he disagrees with the priority that that person has. Sometimes you can, you can 
try to convince them that they're wrong. But at the end of the day, they're the boss. And I think a good project manager recognizes the hierarchy and delivers what the boss wants. Yeah, and I think the the key to that, right, is within an organization, of course, there's a portfolio of projects. The project manager is not making the decision which one to work, right? It's usually an organizational decision. They make they may be assigned to something, and then they have to go execute that. And this, and one of the signals to me of a of a bad project manager is one that does take that decision on his own. Right. That says, well, they told me that this is not high priority, but I know it is. There, yeah, that's that's trouble waiting waiting to happen. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Tom, also another thing that I, I find fascinating, right, as I've gotten to know you a little bit better over the past few months, is that uh, you're a skydiver. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think, you know, again, a project is a unique endeavor with a defined beginning and end, and skydiving is a unique endeavor with a unique beginning and hopefully a positive end. Yeah. How do you draw parallels between project management and skydiving, if you, if you do? There are a lot of parallels. And I do do a, a lot of skydiving as an amateur. There's people that are professionals that work down, and most of the skydiving I do is from is Skydive Arizona and Eloy. And there's people down there that do twice as much skydiving as I do, but they're ma- <clears throat> they're making a living at it, and I'm just a hobbyist. But what you don't see when you see the YouTube videos of a skydive, it always starts with the guy getting out, you know, jumping out of the door of the airplane. But 95% of the skydive has already happened on the ground before that. It involves equipment checks, rehearsals, getting to know people. Before you can even skydive with other people, you need to have the basic skills to do it. And we, we do tens of hours in the wind tunnel learning those skills before we can even do it. So... And that's not unlike a project, right? You plan, you gain the skills, you select the people, you decide exactly what you're going to do, especially if you're doing one of these agile processes. And then at a certain moment, you launch. And of course, it always goes exactly as planned, right? I bet. Yeah, sure it does. <laughs> not always. I mean, I've done that's why there's a backup silly shoot, right? <laughs> as forgotten to buckle my helmet. So in the middle of the skydive, you feel your helmet about to come off. And that changes everything that you do. It changes the priorities, right? Okay, we were going to do this fancy formation, but now it's more important just to keep my helmet on. Or I was skydiving with a guy one time, and he he got struck from behind, and it dislocated his shoulder. Hmm. Well, you know, now the skydive is about him and getting him on the ground safely. So even with all the planning that we did, you have to be ready and almost uh, eager to change those plans at a moment's notice and go with the with the now the most important thing, but it is it's uh, it's got a defined start and a very strict duration and a high <laughs> penalty for going over schedule. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to run into too many issues yeah. during those projects. But I think you bring up a great point because project managers are at least as I find them as we go into organizations we work with are so rigid in their process that they don't want to come off the process to execute a project, even if a risk or an issue comes up that has a higher priority and has to really change the course of the project, much like a helmet coming off, right? And that's why I always say, when folks say, do we start with the tool or do we start with the process? I believe you start with the process, but it has to be flexible enough to account for the unknown because project management, to the most part, is 
really dealing with a lot of unknowns. So I, I, I'm fascinated by it. I think it's it's a great correlation, and, and thanks for sharing some stories. So Fabrice, I know Talaya, a Spanish company, you're in the U.S. here working with the PMO squad right now. Can you share a, a little bit with us now as to why you're here and what are the plans for Talaya here in the United States? Sure. Um, yes, indeed, we are in, in the U.S. this week with uh, with the team of, of PMO Squad, uh, who is uh, our partner in, in, in the U.S. And um, obviously, the the idea of, of, of the tool, I mean, we, we spoke a little bit about, about that uh, right now, is that my, my idea is that the tool on its own, it's sometimes very difficult to implement. So it's always coming with consultancy, with education, with training, right? So there is more onto it than simply the tool. And I, I cannot more fully agree, and I'm coming from the software and from a tool point of view, but definitely I always advise people that the tool on its own, um, it's probably not enough. You need to have more things there. And this is why uh, when we start growing the business, our idea was always to partnership with people that are complementary with the tool, because I believe only selling the tool is just not good enough, all right? There needs to be other things uh, besides the, the the tool, all right. So we're always looking for partners that are able to add that value next and around uh, and the tool. And this is where, uh, for example, in the US, we found uh, PMO Squad being a, a, a great company, complementary to the tool. And as well for those companies, I'm always telling them this is a great way of adding value to your customer. You know, this is kind. Uh, making the circle round, right? You are providing training, you are providing processes, but as well, if you don't have the tool to really execute those processes, sometimes you just give those great ideas to the people. And when you leave, when you are away, then, you know, after a couple of weeks, people get back to their old habits or get back to what they were used to do. So having a tool gives you a little bit this structure, all right, uh, in order to keep on doing what's good for the company to be uh, to be doing. So partnership with company like like PM, PMO Squad, uh, for us, it's, it's, a, it's a great value. They know as well the customer because they've been doing training, they've been doing consultancy. So they know what's best uh, for, for the customer. They're able to help us doing the deployment of the tool in a proper way. So we know exactly what what we are going to do first, what is important, what the company knows up to what point, you know, they should actually manage what information. So that's the reason why uh, this week I, I am in the in the US to build that partnership with um, with PMO Squad and uh, and enter in the US market because we are not present in the US market. We got a lot of other partners in in different in different countries, but I think the US for us is a is a, is a fantastic market. I think uh, the perception to the tool as well in the US is very different than um, in a lot of other countries. I think uh, I don't know and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, companies in the US see adding software as an investment as in a lot of other countries, they see the software as just a cost. And I think that uh, the reception to the software is very different and the acceptance of the software is probably much better than in, in, in any other country. So I'm really looking forward to uh, partnership with PMO Squad and, uh, and, 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 and meet some new uh, customers and, and hopefully have some uh, very nice uh, project uh, here in, in the U.S. Yeah, and thank you. Obviously, speaking on behalf of the PMO Squad, we're excited as well to have you as partners with us. We, we provide, as you mentioned, the consulting services, the training, resources to work with organizations, and, and we help organizations pick the right project management software. To be able to have a partner in our tool belt that we can lean on, that we can share with our customers, is such an advantage for us over most consulting organizations. 
and, and it's not as if we have an exclusive relationship where we can only talk about Talia because our mission is to help our customers with the rate tool. But what Talia does that so many other organizations or PPM solutions don't do, as you mentioned earlier, is you're based on the PMBOK standard. Mm-hmm. And there just aren't any other tools that do that. And the PMO squad is a firm believer in PMI and the PMBOK and everything it has to offer. So for us, it was just a great fit. And when we were presented with the opportunity, we had to jump at it. So thank you for that. Thank you. So another thing that is, is, I think we've talked about this on every show, and if maybe not on every show, it's been on just about every show, but everybody has an opinion. And it's almost like, are you Republican? Are you Democrat? <laughs> it's, are you agile? Or are you waterfall, right? What, what is, I don't, I don't get the debate because personally, I don't think either of them are right because I think they're both wrong. But I mean, Tom, what are your thoughts? I mean, Agile, Waterfall, does it matter? Which do you like? I mean, what's your thoughts on pros and cons? Yeah, I've thought a lot about this. I hate when people classify themselves or a project in those terms. What I hate even more is the opinion of some people, and they tend to be on the Agile side. They mischaracterize what Waterfall is or was in the same way that Republicans very often mischaracterize Democrats and the other way around. Um, I'm squarely on the fence in that debate, but I will say that when most people say Agile, what they really mean is Scrum. And what most people say Scrum, they really mean a two-week sprint. And I do rather hate the idea of a regular, always two-week sprint duration. I'm I'm all for iteration. I've never, even in... Back in the 80s, when everything was waterfall and the concept of Agile hadn't even been thought about yet, we still did a lot of iteration. Even on the the the, the moon landing that you mentioned before, it's not mm-hmm. like they all got together, spent two years writing specs, wrote it all in one time, integrated it together and shot it off. No, there was a lot of sub-modules. There was a lot of integrations. They were learning from previous technologies so all those is they built it up in cycles, not all at once. Um, and that, I think, is the approach for most things. But the other, the other concept you have to be careful with, and there's a diagram, you've probably seen it, that's got two inverted triangles. One of them's pointed one way and the other one's pointed the other way. And it's a, it tries to show the relationship between the requirements and the development method. Like I'd I would guess that you would not want somebody using a purely agile method to build your next house. You know, they build up the living room and all that and say, is this what you want? You go, well, no, not really. So no problem. We'll tear it down and start again. Right. (laughs) That's not the right approach for that kind of project. Mm -hmm. At the same time, um, when I'm using Excel, before we go to the PPM tool to try out an idea on my manager, he says, well, I think we need to track this. And I'll throw together a, a, an Excel spreadsheet, bring it back to him and say, you mean something like this? And he says, oh, well, now that I see it, no, I don't want that at all. Well, that's a perfect case for an agile process. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that says it needs to be two weeks. The, the iteration might be two hours, might be two weeks, it might be two months. You, the iteration size, I think, should fit the thing that you're doing. And that you shouldn't cut the scope in to fit the two-week iteration. You should cut the iteration in to fit whatever the scope is and the tolerance of your stakeholders to review. 
Yeah, I think labels have just ruined the world, right? It is as project managers, our job is to deliver on the scope of the project. And certainly organizations and teams have defined processes to try to do things consistently to get value out of that repeatable process. But you have to have different tools in your toolbox to be able to react to different situations. And that's where, to me, remove the label and do something iterative, do something agile, do something scrum, do something Kanban, do something whatever, or do it waterfall or or do it step-based approach. I mean, there's so many different tools, but we've put two at the top of the list and they become in this debate and and you know now we've heard water scrum fall agile oh, yeah. right you've heard all now the blending of them and i think well they've there's always been a blending of them it's situation based and a good project manager needs to understand their situation to be able to reach into that toolbox and pull out the right right tool agreed but uh, and to go back to the, my previous point i think the thing that disappoints me the most is the mischaracterization mischaracterization today of what the way waterfall actually worked that people really do think that there was big bang integrations and I've never been a part of one. Right. Well, that's why there's just because you, you were in development and moved to testing and you yeah. didn't finish development when I mean, you were still developing while you were testing. Right. Of course. And, and Fabrice, obviously you can bring a unique perspective because of your international experience. Does this same debate exist overseas and is this common it does it does it's a big debate as well in in other other countries and in, in europe for example there's always a debate what, what i'm what i don't like about it is that they try to oppose always waterfall and agile if you if you're agile you cannot be waterfall if you're waterfall you cannot be agile you know mm-hmm. it's always like this you're one thing or the other and i'm like no why I think both methodology can be good it depends on the nature of the project even into a project you can do a high-level waterfall planning, and at some stage you can do like an agile, uh, using agile in, in a specific part of the project. So why should we oppose those two ways of working? I think they are, uh, they, they should be complementary, and I think the challenge here is know when you need to use what, mm-hmm. all right? So, I mean, sometimes people go agile because there's a lack of planning, because it's complex to plan, it's difficult to plan, it takes time to plan. And sometimes people don't want to plan. I mean, everybody has come to that situation where it's like, we need to do that, right? It is not how we're going to, no, we need to do that. It needs to be there tomorrow, all right? So there's no time for planning. Someone has decided and I come and you've got no time for that. So you, and what do you want? Well, we don't know. We'll see it as we, as we get going. So obviously then it can only be agile, all right? But there are some other situation where, you know, it's less dynamic and you can take some more time to plan. All right, and talk to the people, get the proper requirements, so we take the first direction right in in the beginning, and we don't have those surprises because, I mean, with Talaya, for example, one of the way uh, that we're using is that we got this change management module, and I'm telling the people like, how do you know if you've planned right? Well, you look at the number of change requests you add into your project, right? Probably one of the objectives should be like you should have less than five or ten change requests into your project. That means you've done a good planning. If you don't have that, that means that there has been no planning at all and it's something you need to work on. So I think that that's the big debate. Like, should we oppose those two uh, methodologies? And I'm like, no, we shouldn't. It depends on the nature of the project. Some company, they don't manage project. They believe they do, but they don't. They manage operations. Right. That's it. And I'm telling them then, all right, then go just agile. Use just the agile software and it's going to be perfect because you don't do project management really. All right. But yes, that's a big debate as well. Yes. 
Yeah, I, I always fall back on at the core of all projects, at least the ones I've been around and anyone that's ever come up in any industry of any complexity is you define some sort of problem and solution, you design, you build, you test, you deploy. Those five steps then put a wrap around it for whatever your process is. How is your organization going to get from define to deploy? Whether you're building a house, right, or whether you're building software or whether they're in the medical industry, they all have to go through that. To me, it, it, we lose the flexibility of project management when we say we're going to do it this way only. Right. And I think you're, you're, hand, you're tying the hands of a project manager and the good project managers out there just want to have the freedom to be able to lead, much like Tom, you talked before with the right personality traits, to be able to deliver on the project. So it's it's an interesting debate. To be a bit more cynical, too, planning's not fun. <laughs> Building software and testing it, that's fun. <clears throat> and the other thing I find is when you do plans and you ask somebody for an estimate, you're implying a commitment. There's no way to avoid that. You're right. saying, how long do you think it'll take you to do that? And if no matter what they say, now there's an expectation that they can actually do it. And they feel that. And I actually think one of the attract one of the things that attracts people to the agile process is it doesn't ask for that commitment so much. It's just we'll start with these, and anything we don't get done in two weeks, we'll carry it over. There's much less implication of a commitment there, and I think a lot of people find that attractive. But then you go higher in the organization, and they need that commitment. They need to be able to tell their customers and their financial backers and people like that we're going to be there on this date with this thing. And the pure agile processes don't really deliver on that, on that part of the business. Now, that said, there's plenty of um, other methods like SAFE and, and things that scale up the agile processes that do address road mapping and things of that nature. But I, I think some of the agilistas are trying to ignore that and stay down in the code and say, well, yeah, we, we have a sprint plan and we'll do as much as we can. And then from that, we'll calculate our velocity and the rest will be carryover. It's like, well, yeah, but I need to know if it's going to happen, yes or no. Well, the, and, you know, the Agile manifesto and, and Agile itself began as a software development lifecycle. So it's, it's not project management, right? True. It's how to develop software. And a, a month or so ago, uh, I was at a SIM event here locally, Society of Information Managers. And Peter Green was speaking, it works, I believe he's with an organization called Agile for All. And he was talking about the evolution of Agile. And Agile now has gone from software development lifecycle into organizational philosophy. And there are some organizations which do do their planning now in an Agile way. So it isn't a, here's the five-year plan, and then here's the one-year plan, and this is what we're going to execute there is more experimentation and trial and error within the organization from top to bottom. And some organizations have had amazing success with that. I think the key is it's, again, it's the flexibility of it can't be just one way. It, it's what, is, what will work for your organization, what will work for your culture, your people, your leadership style. And again, project management isn't software development. It's more than that. It's it's broader than that. And when we have these conversations about Agile or Waterfall, I think we're comparing a, a fruit and a vegetable. I don't think they're the same thing, but oftentimes we group them into the same basket. And I think we 
we're, we're just wasting a lot of time and, and we're not focused on delivery of the project and we're focused on labels once again, which to me is just uh, inefficient. Yeah, and, and I would argue that all companies have always operated that way, that that's not new, that a company is going to do some experimentation and then go with the thing that's the most successful. That's always been the case. At the same time, you need to have some some commitments that you can't really break. Like if you own a Tesla car, you're kind of dependent on them to build out the infrastructure so you can drive from here to San Diego and and keep that thing charged up. Mm-hmm. Now, if they find out suddenly, there, well, there's no money in these charging stations, we're going to stop that. I think that would disappoint a lot of stakeholders, not to mention the the drivers of the cars. Sure. So that I think, like you say, there's always a mix. And it's even, it's, it's such a mix that I think it's hard to label even what one company's doing. I think it would be hard to label it as purely waterfall or agile. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, that's another, uh, another discussion on the agile waterfall yeah. debate. I love it. Fabrice, we've talked a little bit about Talia Open PPM as PMBOK based. What does that mean, right? I mean, I don't, again, I, I don't recall any other tools out there that have that. And I guess they're all trying to be based on sound project management. But how is Talia different? Um, I think uh, when we when we build the tools, this is what we, we, we looked at. There was no real, um, I mean, project management is not new. Obviously, there's, it's been a lot of years that that's been people with different philosophies, etc. And uh, But when we really um, uh, created the tool, we wanted to, make ourselves a little bit different. And one of the things is that, where should we start? Well, first, get the standard, all right? And obviously, there was two options at the time, right? There was Prince 2 and there was PMBOK, right? So we chose PMBOK for, for different reasons because I think that's uh, because the, um, there was more people actually that adapted uh, uh, PMBOK than, than, than Prince 2, all right? And it was based once again on, on one single thing. We um, And in every country I'm talking, and a lot of companies, uh, there is no a lot of maturity in project management, all right? So people don't really know um, what is project management. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to companies and I'm saying, uh, are they project managers? And, and do they know what to do as a project manager? And you would be surprised the number of times that they aren't real project managers, all right? So, I mean, one of the things we tell them is like, oh yeah, if you're going to implement a tool, at least the tool should tell you what should be the right thing to do. And this is why we started building the tool based on those standards. We understand that the standards, I mean, obviously the tool is personalized. We can personalize the tool because as you said, guys, it should be flexible, all right? There's not just one way of doing things. But at least if you're going to start somewhere and you don't really know where to start, well, start by the standard. Then you can walk away a little bit from the standard. Then you can be flexible with the standard. Obviously, the standard is not the right answer every time for everything, all right? But at least start from a known point, which is the standard. And this is what we have with, with, with Talaya, and this is why we chose building it on, on, on PMBOK, because there's so many companies that are looking to get started in project management, get things structured, right? And the tool sometimes is the first, actually, mm. things they do, because mm, this, is, this, is, this is like something you can, you can grab. This is something you can then follow up on an everyday, uh, today basis, all right? So at least providing a tool that is based on a PMBOK standard that's, I think, the right way to start. Then, um, as I said, it's a journey, all right? So you start there, and then you don't always know where you're going to end. You know, are you going to use all the features that the tool provides? 
maybe you're going to be halfway of the use of the feature and it's going to be just right enough for your organization because that's the amount of information you just need to manage and that's it, right? We'll discuss that as we are getting into. Start doing things with the tool. We provide the starting point. We provide the structure. So at least you get onto the right track. You get doing the right things. All right. And then after that, then you'll mature your company culture, your processes, et cetera, et cetera. And then we'll make sure that the tool will follow you up um, the way you want to take. Right. But that's the initial reason we decided to base Talaya on the, on the PM Buck. And when we looked, we, I was really surprised that none of them is really relying on, a, on, on, on such a standard. Right. That was very surprising. When yeah. these companies come to you and say, we need project management. What really are they looking for? Because project management is a solution. What's the problem that they have that they recognize? Um, I was going to be something that we can attend radio, but uh, <laughs> I was going. Uh, they, 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 they try to get things mm. organized, right? It, it's usually, so they're feeling it, disorganized. It's an, it's, yeah, I think it, it, there's a lot of things going on. A lot of people, what they do is just do task management, right? Who's doing what? But what are they doing? They don't know. Where do we stand? In a, in a larger scale project, they don't know because it's not structured. It's just, you should do that, you should do this, and it's all s- small task management like this, all right? And at the end of the day, that's what you were saying as well. Top management do not know where we are, what we do, when we're going to get things done, you know? So they first try to get things organized, and this is where they are coming, you know, to us. And so to it say, sounds like it's a problem with alignment. They, they don't feel that they're that everyone in the company is aligned toward the same. I think a lot of the companies, when I'm getting it, they just do financial management. So how much do we spend a month doing things? But what are we doing? Are we efficient? Are we doing it on time? They don't know. They don't know. I'm always surprised to say, but do you know how many projects you've got running into your company? And a lot of times, no, I don't. That's funny. In my last company, we implemented PlanView. PlanView can do a lot of things, portfolio management. There was a lot of PowerPoint slides and dreams. But at the end of the day, really all we did with it was time. And it was a hugely revealing piece of data to people. One, you have to get your project list together because you have to make the projects available in the time cards. Even that was a very eye-opening experience. There was something like 1,500 projects that could be identified in this thing. And then when people started writing the time cards, they found out that a lot of projects that they thought were ongoing, nobody was charging any time to. Mm-hmm. And you'd go to the second level manager and say, yeah, yeah, it's 50% complete. And you'd look back and say, well, who worked on it and when? Because there's no data here. And then, the, and then they would go back and start querying the people to find out that, no, we, don't, we haven't worked on that because some other person redirected this on this other project. And I know it's an age-old technology and Everybody hates doing time cards, but that kind of basic data can really show you what's going on in an organization better than anything else. Well, I think we as as organizational leaders have failed to hold our resources accountable for the work they're doing. And that's why project management gets a lot of pushback in organizations because that's 100% of what we're trying to do. Yes. And then one of the practices that we saw trying to emerge there is, well, we'll just have the manager fill out the time card. Of course. And then you're just reinforcing the same thing that we found out is the, the manager didn't really know what the guy was doing. And that's that's how they had been led down the, the wrong path anyway. So we're uh, getting close to the end of our time here today, but we've had a couple of questions come in from Twitter that I wanted to get over to you guys. Uh, the first one's for Tom. 
Uh, and Tom, earlier you had talked about the different personality traits of a project manager, and, and you named those three that stand out to you. Uh, so our question is, do you place more value on soft skills, the people skills, versus technical skills? So a slightly different twist on the question about personality traits, soft skills yeah. versus technical. And you're asking one or the other, of course, you have yeah. to have both. But if I were to prioritize one of them, it would be the soft skills. Because I still believe that the technical skills and, and the, you know, the ability to, to run a status report or to use a PPM tool can be taught. But you can't teach the soft skills. A person either has them out of his culture and his upbringing or he doesn't. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think there's certainly the opportunity to teach the soft skills, but it's a longer journey, right? It, 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 uh, you can help somebody with their communication skills and, and get them to learn how to negotiate and maybe be able to motivate. Yeah. But certainly to your point, it's it's a far greater challenge than sitting and, down with a tool and, and, and teaching them. My own career lately would indicate that we don't have that kind of commitment to one company anymore. That's the kind of thing that you would try to do with someone on a 25-year career, not a 2.5-year career. Sure. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the question for uh, Tom that came in from Twitter, and, and we have one for Fabrice as well. So, Fabrice, do you see artificial intelligence playing a role in PPM software development? That's a tough question. <laughs> well, I didn't say the questions would be easy. <laughs> At some stage, I mean, probably it will, all right? Um, I think this is today still not there, all right? But, um, I mean, obviously, for example, I mean, one of the things we have into the tool, for example, is lesson learned. All right. So things that we are learning onto the project that we can use in future projects so we know what to do, what not to do. I guess that at some stage, obviously, all those all those things we are learning uh, can be used in future projects and, and intelligent uh, artificial intelligence will, will play a great role into this. There's no doubt about it. Now, I believe myself, I think it's still quite a long way down the line right now. And I think there's certainly, again, when we look at best practices and everywhere we go, there's the uh, project archive folder where we take the lessons learned or retrospective meeting notes and we put it in there. I've yet to find the company that goes back into those archives and those directories to pull those documents out and then consistently learn from those, right? So mm -hmm. to your point, I think there's that's where a tool probably can help us through data that we've collected and parse that data and then point us in the direction. Mm -hmm. Certainly the humans still should be making those decisions. Uh, but I think there's an opportunity there. There is, but it would have to be larger than your company. It would have to be the industry. The, the yeah. databases that AI draws from have to be rather large. Mm -hmm. And we're engaged in a bit of this at Workday. But if you can imagine Workday is the HRM system for a lot of companies, all of it's in the cloud. So to a degree, Workday has access to the results from a large number of companies and a large piece of data. And from that, you can begin to do some machine learning and, and AI. But to try to do that in a in one company, I think, would be difficult. Certainly. I don't think it would be worth the investment in the algorithms and the software to try to do it. And I, frankly, I, I wouldn't trust the data to be clean at this moment. Like, yeah, they all have archives, but a lot of these archives have been written through rose-colored glasses, if you know what I mean. Now, people are hesitant to write down really what happened. Mm-hmm. 
I would agree with that. And well, I think we should we should rely on project managers on that. They do, they need to do thinking. They need, you know they don't need to let themselves drive by as well so much of yeah. intelligence, uh, artificial intelligence. So I, I just wanted to thank Miguel Tapasco for sending in those two questions. Miguel, thank you for that. We appreciate it. It's always great to prove that we're actually a live show <laughs> and that we're interacting with folks on Twitter. Unfortunately, we didn't get any that came in from Spain. So maybe uh, maybe the next show that uh, we'll be able to get some international questions come in as well. But we're approaching the end of our time here. So I just want to thank Fabrice and Tom, of course, both of you for coming on today. I think it's been a great discussion. One, obviously, I'm very proud of our partnership with Talaya and the opportunity that we have in front of us both uh, to be able to help with your expansion into the U.S. market and look forward over the coming months and years to come as to what that's going to pan out to be. And of course, Tom, thank you for coming on. You've given me the opportunity a couple of times to speak at the Chandler breakfast meeting. I appreciate that. And obviously want to return that favor and let you have a chance to share your perspectives with our listeners as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is a good thing that you're doing here. I appreciate it. All right. You're welcome. And obviously, I want to give you one last opportunity as well to let our listeners know how they can be in touch with you and any last items that you had about uh, yourself or your company, your interests. And uh, Fabrice, we'll start with you. Well, first of all, thank you, Joe, for having me on onto the show. I think that was a, a very great show and, and giving us the opportunity to talk about uh, our partnership and, and our tool, Talaya Open PPM. And um, if people want to know more about Talaya, obviously, they can go onto our website, which is Talaya. Uh, dash openppm.com or they can contact uh, PMO squad directly and uh, we'll be more than happy to uh, give them all the information that uh, that they may need on our tool uh, on our website we got a free trial so people can try the tool just registering and then get a 30-day free trial so they can put their hands on and um, yeah definitely looking forward to uh, get some uh, a good response on that and uh, and being able to uh, and show our tool to as much as people as, as we can in the U.S. So thank you very much. Great. And, and I know we're looking forward to uh, attending a Diamondbacks game tomorrow night. I think that's going to be your first time seeing a U.S. baseball game. It's going to be, yeah, you need to tell me all the rules because <laughs> otherwise I think I'm not going to get anything. We'll, we'll have a quiz at the end. <laughs> and Tom, thanks for being on, of course. Thank and uh, how can our listeners uh, learn more about you and get in touch with you? If Probably like. the best way would be email. It's Thomas a dot stokes s-t-o-k-e-s at gmail you can use linkedin i'm not a very I, I don't use linkedin that much but i would receive a message or also through the pmi the local chapter pmi website if you drill down to the chandler breakfast meeting you'll find me there as the coordinator great thank you so much for being on also want to remind everybody that we are live uh, the first and third thursday of each month our next show will be on August 2nd, and we're looking forward to that. also want to thank our sponsors, the PMO Squad. We are 100% project management focused 100% of the time, providing leadership to set up project management best practices, PMOs, project management training, PM software selection, and also, of course, project managers to run your key strategic initiatives. And, of course, our newest sponsor, Talaya. Very proud of that uh, partnership with them. And Talaya, uh, as Fabrice had mentioned, you can reach them at Talaya, T-A-L-A-I-A dash openppm.com and sign up for a free 30-day trial. That's it for now. Office hours are closed. Until next time, I'm Joe Puzz, PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours, our retrospective on project management lessons learned. <music> 